Matthew, Wayne, Selznick, and this is Sonatotem, episode 85. Hello, my friends. On this and every episode of Sonatotum, we talk about making stuff, mostly writing, finding success as we each define it for ourselves, and staying healthy and sane in the process. Who am I to be talking about such things? Well, I've been an independent creator in the modern sense since 2004. If you want to just talk in all senses, well, since the mid to late 80s, in the last century, I also make my living helping other authors and other creators bring their creative endeavors to fruition, to market, and to an audience. I like to say it's not my first rodeo, but the cows and the horses and the clowns are constantly changing. So this show is all about approaching all of that stuff in the frame of mind of an experienced beginner. There's always more to learn, even for someone like me who's been doing it for a while. So I share with you anything that I think might help you seen through the lens of my own experience. Every other episode, I invite another creator, usually an author, to sit down and have a conversation with me about how they make stuff and their definition of success and how they stay healthy and sane. But when we're not doing that, it's just me talking to you. And that's what this episode is. As promised last episode, I am going to talk to you about my experience at the 58th Nebula Conference put on by the Science Fiction and Fantasy Writers Association. Now, I also wrote a blog post, an article for my blog, Scrib Totem, the companion to this podcast. And rather than reinvent the wheel, rehash it all, I thought, why not just essentially read you what I wrote? So what follows, I started to write on Friday, um, the 19th of May, and I just finished writing a little earlier today. Today, by the way, is May 23rd, 2003. It's a Tuesday and it's somewhere around, uh, what time is it? It's somewhere around f 10 after four in the afternoon. Coming to you this episode, as with most episodes from the lush and lavish studios of MWS Media in Southern California. All right. So imagine you're just sort of reading over my shoulder here. So it's been a week and a day since I arrived in Anaheim, California for the Science Fiction and Fantasy Writers Association 58th Nebula Conference. I've been back for almost exactly four days as I write these words, and I'm finally writing about it. It's a good thing, too, because the more time passes, the more I find it difficult to hold on to the mood and momentum of those four days. The magic. Originally, before the conference, my plan had been to report on the event. Thoughts and impressions, sure, but 
more a blow-by-blow. What did I learn? I'd do something similar for the episode of Sonototum with Matthew Wayne Selznick, releasing the Wednesday after my return. Discovering I was drifting from that intention, figuring out where I'd ended up, and my new course, that, that took a day or two. And a couple more days to cut a space in the kudzu tangle of back-home work and personal obligations so that I could write this. I took plenty of notes at the five or six panels I attended. I asked a question or two, mostly to play panelist by proxy so the folks actually sitting at the long table would address things I, in my humble opinion, thought the attendees would benefit from hearing. Those notes will come in handy in various ways down the line. They'll, they'll wait. Although I wrote that my intention had changed, that's not quite accurate. The intention here is the same as it is always, to teach through the lens of an experienced beginner, to share transparently as possible my own creative life. So, what did I learn? First, some context. The last time I attended a conference, convention, or anything similar was in 2007, the year I went to, and not necessarily in this order, Balticon, DragonCon, and the Podcast and Portable Media Expo. In the 16 years since then, well, life, a divorce, and three major relationships, depending on how you choose to count, and I'm not telling you how I count. My last two stints as a regular employee working for someone other than myself. A move, in fact, four moves. The deaths of my niece, my biological father, my stepfather, my mother. And that's in chronological order, not in order of personal impact. Also the deaths of several friends and acquaintances. The publication of two novels and the reissue of my first novel twice. There was also a short story and essays collection. A couple of stand-on-their-own short stories. You know, I'm probably forgetting a few things. I'm not checking my work, but you get the picture. Also, it was a life lived for the above reasons and others, increasingly isolated from the creative tribe I'd cultivated. I'd like to say the pandemic contributed to that isolation. But by the spring of 2020, my default introversion had already bloomed into something like increasingly pervasive social anxiety. When it came to staying in touch with folks, with making the effort, I didn't do myself any favors. Worse, it took a long time to recognize that there just might be a correlation between my cold molasses flowing uphill creative productivity and the absence of a strong creative community. By 2022, the fog of war began to clear, or for the less hyperbolically inclined, the fight-or-flight pace of my life eased, at least in some of the ways important to the subject at hand, enough for me to see the connections. I was creatively undernourished, if not starving. Time and space to create were hard enough to come by. I needed community. So I took some baby steps. 
In the late spring of that year, I returned to producing regular episodes of this very podcast. And because sometimes babies cover more ground when they do that adorable run, stumble, fall thing, I relaunched my member community of readers, friends, and fans through Patreon at the same time. You'll hear more about that in a little bit. Around about then, I re-upped my lapsed membership with the Alliance of Independent Authors and finally took advantage of the fact that I had long been eligible for full membership in the Science Fiction and Fantasy Writers Association. Finally, hey, what about actually talking to some other writers? I opened Sonatotem to interviews and recorded a slew of them in another run, stumble, fall across two weeks in January of 2023. Somewhere in the middle of that talk storm, the available credit on my Discover card burning a hole in my financial good sense, I made arrangements to attend the 58th Nebula Conference. Despite my public assertion, including at least once or twice on this show, that I had no expectations about the event, across the next four months or so, I certainly did. The first morning of the conference, I woke up questioning if I'd made the right decision. By the time my ass hit that mattress later that Friday night, Saturday morning, I knew I would have paid double. That Friday played out like the tightly scripted 48-minute pilot of a three-episode miniseries. I started out grouchy and sore. My coffee was disgusting. I couldn't adjust the air conditioning in the room. On some level, I wanted to be disgruntled. In another situation, I might have let the minor irritations excuse me entirely back to the safety of my relative isolation. But I'd paid, or promised to pay over time with interest, a lot of money to be there. There was no retreat. In the panels I attended that day, I found myself readily disappointed, both that they each quickly diverged from the stated topic. I had forgotten, after all those years, that this is inevitable, and that they didn't each go as deeply into their mutable topics as they might have. In a frankly remarkable demonstration of emotional intelligence I'm still not sure actually happened, I found myself adjusting those expectations I kept insisting I didn't have. Those first panels might not have taught me anything I didn't already know, but they did remind me of just how much I did know, how dense my accreted knowledge and experience really was. I began to adjust my notes to focus on how I might better help my clients, how I might fill gaps of knowledge for folks who were on lower rungs of the ladder than I am, and how it all might apply to some wispy plans I've been trying to grasp. Eventually, it was late afternoon and the prospect of dinner loomed. If one of the reasons for being in this place was to open myself to new connections and to rediscover my community, I knew I'd feel pretty stupid, lonely, and angry with myself if I walked to some restaurant, table for one, and heard conversation and laughter from other tables full of lanyard-wearing nerds. But I hadn't met anyone at the panels. What to do? Fuck it. I popped open the conference Discord channel and announced a dinner for introverts. In minutes, folks were popping up and committing. A location was chosen then disqualified, another location chosen, and confirmed after I made a quick call, making sure they could accommodate what had turned into a party of a dozen-plus folks who have trouble meeting people. Away we went. It was a blast. My hearing, 
especially in my right ear, due mostly to standing next to a drummer who hit really hard for too many nights a thousand years ago, is fine, except when it comes to discerning different voices in a crowd. So there were moments when I, sitting in the gunfighter's seat at the head of the table, just observed, smiling at what I had wrought. Many of the folks in that dinner formed the center of gravity for my eccentric socializing orbits the next three days, even if it took most of that time for me to even half remember everyone's names. But that's on me, not a comment on the impressions they made. Y'all are awesome, and you know who you are. The introverts' dinner gave me people to talk to during the reception that night, which led to meeting more folks, and so on and so forth. One more thing happened that night that put a neat and tidy third act bow on the whole day. It's a bit personal, so let's just say I had an unexpected opportunity to build a bridge I take responsibility for allowing to collapse 16 years previously, and the effort was met with a ready generosity that, no kidding, dear reader, makes my chest swell up and my eyes well up, still. The rest of that night was full of laughter and fun and camaraderie and community. I eventually made it back to my room and my bed with my single-episode character arc fully realized. I am willing to bet my pilot episode wasn't the only one playing out that night. If you were there and care to share, yes, that was a nice rhyme. Thanks. By all means, leave a comment. You can do so simply, and I'll mention this later in the show too, but simply and quickly, you can leave a comment for this or any episode of Sonatotem by simply going to the show notes for this episode at mattselznick.com slash sonatotem dash 085. Or you can send me an email at matt at mattselznick.com. I was so much more at ease on Saturday. Lunch in the hospitality room turned into an organic mix of folks coming and going. Dinner was an impromptu, smaller and less logistically intense meeting over small plates in the hotel bar. Another reception that night, after the Nebula Award nominees got their due recognition, another few hours swept along in a current of conversation and riffing common to any gathering of folks sharing a niche passion. More than once over the weekend, I found myself discussing, sometimes a little wistfully, that very thing. The gathering of the tribes is special and unexplainable to outsiders, and very much a micro-environment, an oasis. Time is different there, and the space beyond is distant in mind as well as miles. Words and phrases like chosen family or clan came up again and again. Community. Now, I know there are schisms, rifts, feuds, and unavoidable clashes of ego in any large group of similar people, especially creative people. Me? I'm too new for anyone to consider me an asshole, or vice versa. To which I should add, of course, so far, and when it comes to what others think of me, as far as I know. I'm digging the honeymoon in any event for as long as it lasts. Sunday played out much the same as the conference wound down and everyone set their sights on the main event, the Nebula Awards ceremony that night. The brief anxiety I experienced in the afternoon was telling. I fretted over where I might be seated at the awards banquet, not because I didn't know anyone, 
but because I wanted more time with the people I'd met before we all just burst and the magic oasis turned into a mirage dropping off the edge of the horizon. That worked out. My table was a half-and-half half mix of the folks I'd been getting to know and folks I was, no surprise, pleased to come to know. The awards ceremony itself was, I submit, the epitome of the specific creative culture we were there to celebrate. I found myself cringe-smiling in the same loving way one does witnessing a grade school play. I found myself leading the applause when the late George Perez popped up on the big screen during the in-memorial sequence, maybe freeing the assembled to pay loud tribute to their own lost heroes, influences, and friends thereafter. I found myself a little surprised by how starstruck some folks were when they realized voice actor Matthew Mercer was in attendance and would be presenting. That was the only time I witnessed the breakdown of the prevailing attitude to that point that we were all compeers. It was a little surprising, but also, again, charming. I found myself deeply moved by the presentation and acceptance by Jules Jackson of the inaugural Infinity Award for Octavia Butler. Throughout, I found myself with tears in my eyes as the winners received their awards and made their speeches. It was, frankly, wonderful to see so many mostly young people receive the validation of their peers. We all have our own definitions of success, right? But pretty much everyone is nourished by love for what they've done and who they are. And yes, dear listener, for creators, those two things are very often one in the same. The exercise of creativity is, for many, a prerequisite for mental health. When a creative endeavor is experienced by others, you've heard me say many times before on this show, it becomes art. And when art is recognized as exemplary, well, that advances the culture. Speaking of, as a cis white male over 50, I was mildly surprised and very pleased to see the breadth of representation among the attendees in Anaheim. I don't have official numbers. My subjective impression may be off, but I'm pretty sure women outnumbered men. I am certain the proportion of LGBTQIA plus people to cis folks was far above the general population. This is a good thing, and it makes sense. Science fiction and fantasy literature looks forward. It observes, and even in the most apocalyptic works, perhaps especially, aspires. It presents the ideal through an imaginative window that's also, of course, a mirror, both of the funhouse and magic variety. Science fiction and fantasy is the literature of the oppressed and the outsider, the literature of what if and if this goes on is when you get right down to it. The literature of hope. I saw a lot of joyous, fearless, defiant hope in this community at the Nebula Conference. There's talk, scuttlebutt, that the SFWA may not be able to afford another in-person Nebula Conference in the years to come. The reasons for that are, to my limited understanding, both to do with the post-pandemic cost spikes across the travel and hospitality industries and to do with the management 
of the organization's resources. The former is out of the control of the SFWA. The latter, though, is not. If the SFWA needs money, then it needs more members. Outreach and visibility, as well as putting forth our best possible public face while doing and seeking those two things, should be the priority until the certainty of an in-person Nebula conference is assured for years to come. That is not to say the virtual component of the conference is not important. Many more people attended online than were there in person. Both of these things are essential. An in-person experience, though, is literally, chemically more personal. Over and over, I heard from people for whom, despite their introversion, were invigorated and energized by interacting with their peers, their colleagues, their tribe. Myself included, of course. I took on monetary debt to attend in person and gained a surplus in every other way. The end of my conference included joining an old-school beer and liquor run because the hotel bar closed at 11 for some ridiculous reason, and the tribe, I sensed, did not want that to mark the bursting of the communal bubble. The last two or three hours, though, I let my conference experience gently fade out as I watched, mostly in silence, as a handful of folks sang karaoke, singing and dancing, intoxicated, in a building more or less built like a lodge. It was a tribal, ceremonial, ritual of closure, like we humans have been doing since forever. Back in my room, back in my bed, I fell asleep to joyful voices drifting across the night. Now, I'm doing my best to maintain the connections made. I'm doing my best to maintain the energy, the renewed commitment to my creativity. Listeners of this show know that's not easy for me. But it's both what's good for me as a human being and as a creator. It's my responsibility. What's next? Hey there. If you've enjoyed this or any other episode of Sonototem, here are three things you can do to help support the show. The first thing, if you haven't already, please subscribe for free to Sonototem with Matthew Wayne Selznick wherever you get your podcasts. Whichever app or platform you use, find that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. Second thing, please just take a moment to rate and review Sonototem, again, wherever you get your podcasts. Rating is quick and easy. Five stars is very nice. Go ahead and give the show whatever you think the show deserves. If you have just a few minutes more, please let the world know why you enjoy the show why other people should listen to it and subscribe by writing a brief review in your own words. Subscribing, rating, and reviewing, that all costs you nothing but time, but they make a big difference for the show because when people are looking for podcasts on the writing and creative life, Sonatotem is more likely to show up in search results if it has a high rating and some nice reviews. Finally, 
Sonatorium with Matthew Wayne Selznick is made available for free and has no advertising. But it does cost time, resources, and money to produce every single week. If you'd like to go the extra mile and you have the will and the means, I hope you'll consider becoming a patron to offset the cost associated with the show and my other creative endeavors. Not only will you be a member of the Multiversalists community of writers, readers, and creators, you'll receive special access, perks, and exclusive content, the least of which is the uncut, unproduced edition of every episode of Sonatotem. Also get this, your first seven days are free. After that free trial, it's just $5 per month. Visit mattselznick.com slash b-a-patron to find out more and to start your free trial. That's it. If you do one or two or all three of those things, you'll really be helping the show. And more people like you will discover the Sonatotum mission of helping writers and other creators make stuff, find success, and stay healthy and sane in the process. Thank you. And speaking of the multiversalists community, I would like to take this moment to thank my stalwart, faithful patrons, my beloved multiversalists, Chuck Anderson, Amy Bowen, J.C. Hutchins, and Ted Leonhardt. Remember, once again, you can join those folks for just $5 a month after your seven-day free trial, full access free trial, when you go to mattselznick.com slash b-a-patron. Well, gang, there it is. There's my impressions and my reflections and my thoughts as written in the Scribtotem article that will appear concurrently with this podcast episode over there at mattselznick.com about the uh, 58th Nebula Conference presented by the Science Fiction and Fantasy Writers Association. In the uh, week, I guess, since I've been back, uh, I've done a pretty good job of connecting with a bunch of the folks I met on Twitter and Instagram and to a lesser degree, Facebook. And I've sent emails of connection to everyone whose business card I received. And um, we'll see. Uh, we'll see how it goes. It's the slow birth, <laughs> hopefully, of a new sustaining creative community for me. You know what? Not just a community, but uh, new friends. I could use some friends. Um, and as far as my own creative works and momentum there, um, less successful there. I mean, I did finish uh, that aforementioned article, that blog post. I mean, that was over 2,500 words. Um, so that's something. I'll be sending over the completely unedited version to my patrons, my multiversalists, because they get to see all my works in progress. And then I'll be cleaning it up and editing it down a little bit. The version that ends up on my website of the article will be a little bit different from what uh, everyone hears here in the podcast. And the reverse is true. I know what I'm doing next, continuing to work on 
Shadow of the Outsider, getting back into hazy days and cloudy nights, and reviewing some of those panel notes that I took. More on that, though, when that thinking has has occurred. Always, every episode, uh, I am always, always, always open to hearing from you about what you've heard here. If you have your own conference experience that you'd like to share, whether it was at the Nebulas or some other uh, con or conference or uh, gathering of, of your own community, I want to hear about it. As I mentioned, you can simply leave a comment in the show notes for this episode, episode 85 at mattselznick.com slash sonatotem-085. That's M-A-T-T-S-E-L-Z-N-I-C-K.com slash Sonatotum, that's S-O-N-I-T-O-T-U-M-085. You can also send an email to matt at mattselznick.com, or you can record a little voice message, perhaps on your phone, and email that to matt at mattselznick.com. The voice message I will include in a future episode and respond to it there in the episode The emails and the comments, I respond to every single one. So one way or another, you and I will have a little time-shifted conversation about the community and the daring that comes from sometimes immersing oneself in a situation with your peers and colleagues that you know is going to benefit, but might be a little anxious or anxiety-inducing to actually, actually do. Let's hear from you. The next episode of Sonatotum will be an interview episode, a conversation with the Canadian author Krista Walsh. She is a uh, fantasy author. So make sure you're subscribed. And if you want the entire conversation, which is usually around an hour and a half, rather than the edited down version, make sure that you have become a patron of Sonatotum. For just $5 a month, don't forget that seven-day free trial to kick it off over there at mattselznick.com slash b-a-patron. My name is Matthew Wayne Selznick. Take care. <laughs>